0: Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Isaiah. And today we are in chapter eight, 38, where Hezekiah experiences a personal low moment after this spiritual high of the previous chapter. So we are in chapter 38, various verses, where we read this. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. And this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he will do as he promised. I will cause the sun's shadow to move 10 steps backward on the sundial of Ahaz. So the shadow on the sundial moved backward 10 steps. When Hezekiah was well again, he wrote this poem. I said, in the prime of my life, Must I now enter the the place of the dead? Am I to be robbed of the rest of my years, I said? Never again will I see the Lord God while still in the land of the living. Never again will I see my friends or be with those who live in this world. But what could I say? For he himself sent this sickness. Now I will walk humbly throughout my years because of this anguish I have felt. Lord, your discipline is good, for it leads to life and health. You restore my health and allow me to live. Yes, this anguish was good for me, for you have rescued me from death and forgiven all my sins. For the dead cannot praise you. They cannot raise their voices in praise. Those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness. Only the living can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next. Think of it. The Lord is ready to heal me. I will sing his praises with instruments every day of my life in the temple of the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: Well, you know, that I said that this is kind of a low moment in Hezekiah's faith, and that might not be apparent to everyone right away, but there's some details that, that come to the front. So right now, This is happening about the same time that Sennacherib is, uh, the Assyrians are about to invade. So Hezekiah is about 39 years old at this point, you know, and in the face of this Assyrian threat, Hezekiah was focusing on God's character. We really focused in on that yesterday, how, you know, God said to him that it's because of his own honor and his promises to David that God would protect the city. But Hezekiah here, rather than focusing on God, begins to turn the focus on himself, Uh, In verse three, he says, Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. And so rather than focusing on God's faithfulness, Hezekiah turns the focus onto his own faithfulness, basically saying, Look at me, God, I've been so good to you. Shouldn't you treat me better? In essence, I think that's what he's saying. And God does respond that he will answer Hezekiah's prayer, but it's not because of Hezekiah's piety, but because of God's Faithfulness. Um, I think one way we see this is in verse five. He starts off, "This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says." Um, and I think that reminds Hezekiah about the covenant that was made, that uh, was referenced in the previous chapter, in chapter thirty-seven, verse uh, thirty-five, where it says, "For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will, I will defend the city and protect it." Also, the parallel account in Second King Kings adds this additional. Um, Uh, wording to uh, God's response, it says in 2 Kings 20 verse 6, I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David. So, uh, you know, it leads you to wonder why does Hezekiah not appeal to God again on his original basis, rather than this kind of spiritual bargaining. And apparently there was a correction that needed to happen in in Hezekiah's relationship with God, which I think is what Hezekiah is hinting at in verse 15 and following where he says, you know, uh, but what could I say for he himself sent this sickness? And in verse 16, Lord, your discipline is good for it leads to life and health. And then especially in verse 17, where he says, yes, this anguish was good for me for you have rescued me from death and forgiven all my sins. One of the things I take from this is that, you know, it's good to express our prayers to God and appeal to God, but ultimately the best basis for our prayers is God's glory and God's faithfulness, not because we are somehow so valuable or, or so faithful. In the end, it's about God. It's not about us. You know, like I have a friend, a lot of people have said this, but I've heard this more than my fair share maybe is that, you know, it's not about you. It's just not about you. And I have a habit of often making things about me. And Hezekiah, I think, was making it about him in this moment. I remember a particular moment when I felt like uh, that God was not keeping his side of the bargain. You know, uh, you know. And I think, you know, well, now I think, you know, what bargain? There was no bargain. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to that God needs. And anything I have in the first place is what God has already given me. But somehow. I came under this impression that that my faithfulness, uh, you know, that had somehow created an obligation on God's part. Uh, but God you know, gives promises based on the covenants that he's made with humanity, you know, through people like Abraham and like David and like Mary. And if my identity is truly rooted in that as a, as a child of God, part of this family of God, as a citizen of the people of God, then that's where I think my prayer should focus. But if I think that I'm like special in some kind of unique way, then I, I think i face the same temptation where I become subtly proud, like Hezekiah, I think was proud here, uh, or maybe even sometimes not so subtly proud and think that God owes me something uh, for something that I've done. And really this is kind of a, a kind of bargaining and maybe, you know, even more crassly, a kind of a attempt to manipulate God. And that's just simply not how it works. God is going to be faithful because God is faithful, not because God seems to somehow owe me something, which is certainly not the case. I, I owe God everything. We owe God everything. God owes nothing to us, but God is faithful to keep God's promises. Dave, I'm wondering what you see in uh, today's passage, especially in Hezekiah's response to God.
1: Well, I think first it's just an interesting thing that in the beginning, uh, basically he's God's saying, hey, you're going to die. Uh, this is it. Uh, but then, only just a couple of verses later, uh, the Lord says, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, uh, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I'll add 15 years to your life. Like, actually, you're not going to die. And and I think this creates some questions for people. Like, hold it. Did God change his mind? Like, what happened there? Um, and I think the answer is, yes, God changed his mind in the sense, uh, you, how do we make sense of that? In life? It says, you know, God never changes. And, and so, like, how do we hold those two realities together? It's because God never changes that he sometimes changes or appears at least to change his mind in this sense. God's values are always the same, and therefore his responses to different situations are going to look different because those values are always the same. Uh, in Jeremiah 26, I think is the best example where God explains just very explicitly if at any time I promise disaster on a city, but then they repent and they actually start, you know, they, they kind of like they turn and they stop doing those things, he's saying this is what's going to happen to you. This is the direction you're headed. But if if then they turn, he says I'll relent. I'm not going to send that disaster. I'll send blessing instead. If however I promise blessing on some place, because he's saying, hey, here's what here's what I'm seeing. Here's what you're doing. Fantastic. This is going to lead you to life, and I'm going to use you in this way. But then they kind of get haughty or self-centered or who knows whatever, and they start to turn. Well, he says, then I'm not going to give them that blessing. I'm, in fact, going to give them disaster. It's because God is actually unchanging in, those, in his core values that then as we change, God is going to end up responding by being on different sides. And I also say in this, you know, you, I've mentioned this before on, on this particular podcast that, uh, you know, I... One of my favorite Bible passages, right? And I know I have a lot, but one of them for sure, definitely a one of the, one of the my favorite favorites, um, is from uh, from Hebrews chapter twelve. It's that whole section on God disciplining us for our good, right? It's, Do not make light of the Lord's discipline, my son, uh, and this whole long section, right? Endure hardship as discipline for the Lord disciplines those that He loves, uh, but then it ends up with um, verse eleven. He says. Um, Uh, no discipline is pleasant at the time, it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. I think, what else do I want more than righteousness and peace? I mean, that just seems like that's the whole package. And this is how God gets me there. How God gets me there is not just another blessing, another blessing, another blessing, another encouragement. No, sometimes it's discipline. Sometimes it's hardship. And those things are not pleasant. And I think when we're experiencing God's discipline, it is easy to get discouraged. The God will, will discipline us in order to heal us, right? There's you know, so many examples of this that are different metaphors, right? It's the pruning shears uh, that allow the, the plant to actually uh, bloom even more vibrantly. It's the the fire that burns away the dross so the gold is even more brilliant. Uh, you know, it's it's the, this pattern that God keeps on referring to again and again and again. And this is what Hezekiah had found. Uh uh, you already referenced it earlier, uh, starting in verse 16. Lord, your discipline is good, for it leads to life and health. A very good friend of mine, right now, is in a place where he is needing some discipline, and and I, I think that you know there there can be this sense of heaviness and and just sadness and fear. I, I think associated with all of that. Uh, as a pastor, I've just, I've been on this journey with so many people so many times that actually for me, I feel like, oh, no, hold on. I know this story. This is a dark chapter in a bright story, right? That, that this actually is where healing happens. This is where transformation can happen. This is where we can come out, not just back to where we were, but in fact, kind of restored to what we could have never been before, right? It's, it's greater flourishing and fuller life and and I think the way that we go through discipline is what makes the difference right this is just part of the way that God keeps growing us but here's the trick in that darkness we just have to feel around for God and I always say just because you can't see God in that moment does not mean that God can't see you and God will meet us in that darkness we just wait a little bit we look around we've got to be looking if we look around God will meet us in that darkness and then lead us just, we won't be able to see the whole journey. We'll be able to see the next step and the next step. And if we can just take the faithful steps, one after the next, following the Lord, we will end up in green pastures and still waters. And I think that's the promise of the Christian life. And that's exactly what Hezekiah is experiencing here, that this, this you know, sickness was God's gift, right? This discipline was actually healing, and I think so long as we can have that eye to look for God instead of away from God, when we're experiencing discipline and pain, we ourselves can experience healing and new life.
0: Hmm. And it's so true. And I have to say that some of the periods of most significant growth in my life um, and healing have happened because of those dark times. At, at the same time, I so much do not want to go through those again that I really take in the good times, I take more seriously now Uh, my spiritual health to make sure that i you know i want to live my life in such a way that i need as little of the lord's discipline as possible so
1: my youth pastor was paul borthwick some of you know him uh he's just a wonderful what what an incredible pastor he is and uh but back in those days he used to say if this is the price of spiritual depth i choose superficiality (laughs) and i think all of us have had that same feeling from time to time yeah I know, in the long run, we want the depth, but at the moment, it can be pretty tough.
0: Hmm. Well, I think we're going to need the Spirit of God through this, so I'm going to pray for us to that end. Our good and gracious God, we thank you that even when everything else seems up in the air and we're not sure which way is up and down, Lord, that we can have confidence that you love us and that in all things, you work for the good of those who love you. And Lord, I thank you that you can be with us in those moments, that you are with us in those moments, even when we can't see. But Lord, for those uh, who may be going through such times right now, I pray that through other people and through your spirit, they might see and feel and experience your presence with them. Lord, I pray that they would experience that kind of hope and be able to turn their eyes away from the wall like Hezekiah or away from their own sufferings and turn their eyes more and more toward you and the healing that you desire to bring about in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Friends, we're so glad you've joined us again this week. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday as we open God's word and worship together. And then we'll be right back here on Monday to continue studying Isaiah.